is out for the season, the Pirates pitcher, if there is a season. Archer had surgery to relieve a problem with his shoulder and arm. A, that's a shame. B, what's the difference? Because the Pirates were going to stink anyway. But it does remind us that that trade with Tampa Bay to get Archer may be the worst trade in Pirates history. It may be the worst trade in Pittsburgh sports history. And hey, full disclosure, I like to trade at the time. Because the Pirates were in contention for a playoff spot, and they went for it, for a change, but to no avail. But since that trade in 2018, Archer 6-12 with an ERA just shy of 5 and a whip of 1.395, which isn't very good. And Austin Meadows in Tampa, since he got there, he's hit 289 with 34 home runs and 617 plate appearances. His OPS is 918. Tyler Glasnow in Tampa is 7-6 with an ERA of 2.94 and a whip of .989. That's a good whip. Whip it good. Glasnow has had arm problems but was okay by the end of last season. And let's not forget, Archer is 31 years old. Meadows is 25. Glasnow is 22. Meadows is making 578K. Glasnow is making $2 million. Archer is making $9 million to not play because he's out for the year. Pro-rated, of course. We think if there's a season, if there is, it might only be 50 games. That deal the Pirates made for Chris Archer could possibly have worked out worse for the Pirates. It is just a stink sandwich. And Tampa got that Baz kid, too. What an awful, 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 awful trade. So, hey, Chris Archer trade. Guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Nurse Plumbing. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing needs. Matt Mertz is the name you can trust. Archer has a $11 million option for 2021. His buyout's 250K, so this injury means he's absolutely done as a pirate. As I mentioned earlier, the pirates usually go cheap and young. The one time they went for older and expensive, it absolutely exploded in their face. Which doesn't necessarily mean they should never do it again. It means they should probably do it more often because if you do it once in a while and it blows up, well, you're not giving the odds a chance to even out. Uh, I got a couple tweets saying, Ben said he didn't agree with Kaepernick kneeling. That was years ago. When the full ramifications of this weren't on display, and his message wasn't, uh, in retrospect, it's a lot clearer. He said what he said what he said what he said about protesting uh, the law enforcement and their unfair treatment of minorities, but uh, 
Maybe we didn't listen. And maybe now we have no choice but to. Breeze effed up. You know, Breeze effed up. It's a dumb thing to say. He effed up. And you know where he really effed up? If he's taking this moral stand and he feels better about it, he's waving a flag, okay, good for him. I don't agree, but good for him. He's a man of his convictions as much as I disagree with them. But he's supposed to be the quarterback of a team with a bunch of African Americans. He's supposed to be a leader of that team, and now he's sabotaged badly his ability to do that. Sabotaged it badly. Let's go to Sean. Sean, you're on with Double M. Uh, Mark, first-time caller. I'm just a little curious. I've been working for the last 28 hours. What did Drew Brees say that got everybody so upset? Somebody asked him in an interview how he would feel if somebody knelt during the national anthem this year, and he said he would never agree with someone disrespecting uh, the flag or this country, which Colin Kaepernick has said often that was not his intent. Oh, well, that just kind of proves what I've always said about Drew Brees. He's just a big, dumb redneck. Actually, he's not even well, big. He's a, a small this redneck. Was, this was a big, dumb redneck thing to do. That's for certain. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. All right, Mark. Appreciate you taking my call, bud. Thank you, Sean. Let's go to Alex. Alex, you're on with the super genius. Hey, Mark. As far as return on investment, I got to thank Chris Archer. It's probably the worst Pirates trade of all time. And then uh, I agree with you on the George Floyd stuff, but what about David Dorn? Why, why can't we mourn his death? Nobody it's terrible. About David Dorn. It's terrible. Yeah. It's I don't terrible. hear it on the news, though. Nobody's talking about it. All right, thanks, man. People, bro, you, you're not listening then because people are talking about it. But, but the, but the uh, murder in Minneapolis is another in a series. It is a gruesome pattern that we have not remedied or even tried hard enough to remedy. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Adrian. You're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. We talked the other day about uh, Sid Cosby's potential uh, making a statement, and now he did. So ignoring those other jamokes that are saying that that's not good enough, what was wrong with the statement? Was it not a, a good step in the right Nothing direction? Nothing was wrong with the statement. Nothing was wrong with the statement. It said everything it needed to, but for some people it's not enough because they want them to get on a soapbox and preach and fit their woke ideals. Well, not everybody's woke. Not my... everybody's a political activist. Yes, but what's wrong with being woke? And don't you think that right now we need everyone to be an activist? Uh. But it's not for everybody. I'm not even no, sure it's for me. That's... I've been saying some pretty, uh, some pretty uh, not controversial, but I've said what I believe are the right things. I've gone political quite a bit the last couple of days of this sports talk show. I'm not sure it does my career any good. I'm not sure I should be doing it, but I'm doing it, but it's not for everybody. Agreed, but it's made me tune in. It's made me want to call, and uh, I see that change in from what you usually talk about. And as a person of color, that's helpful to me. So thank you for that. Well, thank uh, I don't think that there's anything the wrong with being woke. Uh, I do. I think, I think people go too far with it. I, I think when Vic Fangio said something that he didn't probably contextualize because he's probably not that bright and people want him fired, uh, the woke people want too many heads on too many pikes, and uh, that's not right either. You can go too far in either direction. Thank you for the call, though. I appreciate it. By the way, uh, here's some news. Meadows Casino reopening on the 9th. 
I don't know. Did they mention yet? Somebody tweet me, at Mark Mad Next. Is Rivers opening up? Because I need to be in a casino. I definitely need to be in a casino. To be honest, I never go to strip joints anymore. But now I feel like I really miss it. I'm not getting the drive-bys either, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's go to the Corona Kid here on the X. Super genius. Want to throw What's a up? couple of pit names out to you, but first off, I was at that 48-14 to 14 game. Pitt jumped out to a 14 nothing lead downhill after that. Mark May, Russ Grimm, Jimbo Sweeney, Chris Dolman, and to a lesser extent, Greg Meisner and Troy Benson all went to the NFL. Yeah, it was an amazing uh, team. Uh, you know, the teams in 80 and 81 were probably better than the 76 team that won the national championship, but those 80 and 81 teams each lost the game, and they didn't have Tony Dorsett. Todd Blackledge and Kenny Jackson tore my heart out. Thank you, Mark. They tore a lot of hearts out. I remember that game very well, although I was kind of a Penn State fan back then. 412-333-9939. This is the Mark Madden Show. What else do I got going on today? I got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. If that's not enough to make a stick around, well, then leave now. 105.90X. Okay, I was informed via Twitter, Rivers Casino is indeed opening up on the 9th as well. Both Meadows and Rivers. I assume that means the restaurants will be opening up because locally that's what I like about the casinos more than the actual gambling. I like the uh, the restaurants, so hopefully I'll get some more information on that. Uh, also, Pittsburgh Pete tweets, I was just in the wheeling area on business and Jill's Gentleman's Club is open. I didn't have time to stop. Plus, no thanks on afternoon shift talent. But in West Virginia, it's like coronavirus never happened. Well, they didn't have many cases, to be fair. I think the casino down there is open as well. Uh, I, I know what you mean about afternoon shift talent, but with the strip joints closed in Pittsburgh, maybe the all-stars from Pittsburgh are going down to the West Virginia strip clubs or to Ohio, whatever. But uh, I'm going to wait for cheerleaders to open and then even – Keep my distance. How can you social distance during a lap dance, though? I bet they're not bothering at Jill's. I've been to Jill's. I saw Brianna Banks headline at Jill's, and she did not keep socially distanced from me, and thank God. Uh, let's go to Tim. Tim, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mark. So two points I here. said good day. One is the Colin Kaepernick. I believe that the reason he chose the point in time during the national anthem to kneel is because this is a national problem. And no better time than to do it during the national anthem because it's a national problem. The second point is anybody that doesn't agree with him, I mean, in my opinion, he's a patriot because he's willing to give up his job, which is a very lucrative job, nonetheless, to make a point. And try to make this country better. And to me, that's what patriotism is all about. You know, standing up for what you believe in with your country to make your country better. And to me, that just it, it's, it's crazy that people in this country don't see that and, and just think that he's being disrespectful, which it has nothing to do with disrespecting the flag. In my opinion, it has everything to do with honoring the flag and doing what's right, whether you lose your job or you don't. 
I've heard very few military men that were upset with Colin Kaepernick. Very, very few. I would agree with that. I, I have. Uh, okay, I got more information on on the on Rivers Casino. Uh, three of the restaurants are going to be open, and and three of the bars on top of that. Now they haven't yet opened uh, the Italian place. Martorano is supposed to be open down there. I guess that's not going to happen uh, anytime soon. What's it say? You need to wear a mask to enter. How do you eat in a casino if you have to wear a mask? Kind of. Okay, uh, here's the here's how there are four spots at roulette, three spots at blackjack. Uh, in addition, 12 blackjack tables have been added into the poker room. Poker is currently not available. Boy, that's a big blow for Rivers because they do a lot of poker business. And you know what's going to happen, don't you? Before the casinos came along, there used to be big-time poker games, you know, held privately. One was held in the uh, in the banquet room of the old Pittsburgh State Company, which is now sadly defunct. So uh, I think that this is going to give rise to that again. The people used to make the money from poker could make it again because the casinos apparently aren't going to do that just yet, but I bet they do that eventually. Then again, the virus might spread by the cards. 412-333-9939. The Drew Brees controversy is running wild, brother. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Drew Brees said that he, he was asked if he would, how he would react if somebody knelt during a national anthem. And he said he would never want to see the flag or the country disrespected. In other words, he still doesn't get it. And you know what I hate about it? It, it, it is a, it's a Redneckian rallying cry. It is a Redneckian rally cry, a rallying cry for all the dopes who, who never got what Kaepernick was doing in the first place and, quite frankly, just hated him in the first place because he was black, because he wasn't doing what he was told, because he didn't know his place. It's a Redneckian rallying cry. What Drew Brees said is horrible. I can't believe he said it. I can't believe he said it. And I can't believe he didn't understand that he was going to compromise his ability to be a leader and a teammate on the New Orleans Saints. What, did he think he was on an all-white team? Use your head, old-timer. Use your head. Let's go to Zach. You're on with Double M. Good day, Super Genius. I said good day. So... As much as I agree with Colin, Colin Kaepernick and, frankly, Eric Reid were doing then to get their message across, even though we it got translated poorly, um, there's a small part of me that thinks them talking about it now is turning this tragedy around to make it about them. Am I wrong to have that small part of me? Who's making it about him? I don't think Colin Kaepernick's even commented. Okay, uh, fair enough. Maybe I'm just referring to Eric Reed then. I didn't know Eric Reed had commented. No, they are not the story. If they've tried, okay. they failed, they are not the story. Drew Brees is trying to make himself the story. Vic Fangio, I think Vic Fangio's just dumb. Yeah, he messed up. Thank you for the call. Up next, it's very exciting, from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dejan Kovacevic. 
that's just around the corner here on 105.9. Here's something I hadn't realized. Uh, Drew Brees signed that $100 million contract to go work for NBC after he's done with football. I wonder if this affects that. Joining me now, he is the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. Always great to speak with Serbian reactionary Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, uh, the breaking news is Drew Brees, when asked if uh, how he'd feel if somebody knelt during the anthem this coming season, he said he doesn't want anyone to disrespect the flag or uh, this country. Bad career move on his part. Uh, a bunch of his teammates have already unfollowed him and uh, responded via you know, frustrated tweets. And uh, like I said, bad career move, right? Well, either career. Uh, let's put it that way. If we're talking about right. being quarterback of the New Orleans Saints or being the next you know, great Tony Romo-level analyst, which is what he's already being built up to be and could possibly be, definitely has the talent for it. Uh, you know, you have to have some awareness. You have to have a heightened awareness right now. Uh, whenever people say uh, who are, are involved in, in this situation that the best thing that you can do is to listen and to learn. And, yes, I understand there's also a pressure, and that's the, that's the word I'm going to use here, a pressure to speak. That's part of it. They do want you to speak up. They do want you to listen and to learn. Drew Brees did neither, did none of those things uh, in this equation. He just basically said, all right, here's how I felt in 2017, and I'm just going to repeat that right now without having any kind of attachments, any kind of addendums to it, or, or wow, what times we're in, Mark, you know? Well, it feels like the end of days, unfortunately, although I think it really the in, on, on charges. So levels, it does. <laughs> but the charges in Minneapolis today, uh, hopefully that, that gives some optimism that uh, maybe some of this can, can be toned down at some point in the near future. Now, in that vein, what's your take on what Vic Fangio said, the coach of the Denver Broncos, about no racism in the NFL? Yeah, again, it's just a matter of, Look, it's one thing to speak and to speak up, and it's another thing to listen and learn. And it depends on where you are, and it depends on the self-awareness um, that goes into this. I had a, 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 a long talk today uh, with Ramon Foster, formerly of the Steelers, uh, who's now on our staff. And we spent quite a bit of time after we, we recorded a, a Zoom video for the site just talking about the timing and the awareness of what it is that you're doing when you're speaking. The idea here isn't to speak first, but as I intimated in the first portion, if you're being pressured to speak and you just go and speak, which is what we're, I think we're looking at here without first listening, you're defeating the purpose of it. You know? So I, I think I, I can see to some extent, not, not, I'm not specifically talking about Fangio's comments, Breeze's comments. But I think I can understand where you're going to see people speaking as if it's 2017, as if it's 2010. And it's not. There has to be a heightened awareness. That's the purpose of these protests. That's the purpose of, of so many people voicing how they feel right now. Now, I will say, and, and by the way, Fangio should send Drew Brees a thank you note. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't want to defend Fangio per se, but... I do feel like he was referring to the locker room and not yes. the infrastructure yes. of the NFL. 
But because he wasn't specific, he stumbled into the echo chamber. Yeah, and that's that's what ends up happening. Uh, you know, uh, you will hear NFL locker rooms defend that strenuously. That aspect that's not new. That's that goes back forever. We will not tolerate that in here. We have our own ways of handling that. Uh, so that was a head coach, an NFL head coach, relaying publicly what he says from a football standpoint. You know what I mean? And again, there's got to be a mix of awareness, of listening, of learning. Didn't happen here. Well, and the other thing, too, coaches are used to being able to speak football, but yep. a different language is required now doing, than, than, than merely football. Yeah, that's what he thought he was doing. I mean, he, he was basically, when he's asked that question, and you're right, he's a football coach. So what's he thinking of? He's thinking of the Denver Broncos locker room at Invesco Field or whatever they're calling that place this week. That's what he was thinking about. Now, I, he's thinking of, go ahead. I want to get to another disaster, namely Chris Archer being out for the season after surgery. Is that now officially the worst trade in Pirates history and maybe in Pittsburgh sports history? Uh, it might be, you know, and forever and ever, and I've, I've reflexively answered that one as being a Ramos Ramirez because the, the, there was so much anger, you'll recall, that, that went into that one because it was a just a blatant, blatant money move. The Pirates were looking to pay down debt to, get, to reach a certain point of debt-equity ratio, and it was just so ice cold. Uh, that team, uh, people might not remember this, that team in, in 2003 could really hit. I mean, they, were, they had a loaded lineup. And he was a big part of it. And they looked like they actually might be heading somewhere. PNC Park had just opened. The ballpark was brand new. The ballpark was supposed to be the thing that stops something like this. And two years later, Ramirez is gone for a bag of nothing. So I don't think this one will match that. We're going to come anywhere close to it in anger. But in terms of quality, you look out. Because Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now still exist and still could be great players. And I underscore great in Major League Baseball. And then there's the one player nobody ever mentions, which is Shane Boz, the former first-round pick that the Pirates gave up, who's currently throwing 100 miles an hour routinely in the minor leagues. Uh, this is just an epic disaster. And I, you know what, though? I don't know that the injury changes that. You know? I mean, it, it was that immediately. Oh, yeah, this just kind of underlines it. Yeah. And uh, I think what will further underscore is that Archer's got to be done as a Pirate. I don't see the Pirates picking up his $11 million option for next year. I don't think no. they'd have done that at all, let alone after shoulder no. surgery. No, Ben Charrington had to make a decision on someone else's mistake coming into this offseason, and they decided they, they trusted Archer uh, in large part because of Derek Shelton, the new manager, and his trusting relationship with Archer. Archer didn't do anything, in fairness here, to, to violate uh, anybody's trust archer did not pitch well but archer certainly did not ask to be made part of one of the world's worst trades you know what i mean i i'm hearing i'm hearing from well, a lot he, of people today vilifying archer you know he didn't pitch well oh no That's no no it, it ain't his fault although he has definitely no. not pitched well the only trade in pittsburgh sports history that comes to mind is naslin for stoyanoff uh you know what you're right it's a bad trade Stoyanov, of course, uh, was was hurt. Uh, Craig Patrick had a very specific need on a specific team. Look, I'm not defending Craig on this one. Craig had so many great ones that I hate to mention Craig Patrick and Neil Huntington in the same sentence. 
but to answer the thing you mentioned before, no, Archer can't be brought back a second time. It's an $11 million club option. Um, there's got to be better ways to spend that, especially on a low payroll team. Now, uh, you know what's frustrating is I liked the trade at the time in 2018 because the Pirates were in semi-contention. At least they went for it. So even though it didn't work out, I can't be a hypocrite. At the time, I, I did like it, but it obviously did not work out. Yeah, you can. Can I disagree with that version of you? Okay. That version, okay, because I, I, I had the same I, – I was actually filling in for you that day when, when that happened. And I was in there, and I had the same reaction a lot of people did. Wow, really? The Pirates? They were the ones who stepped up? Well, they never step up. They're never the team that everybody's talking about on trade deadline day. And everybody got – and again, I'm guilty of it myself. All enamored of the idea that, wow, look at them. They feel really good about this. It was neat to have the Pirates in the conversation. That's what everybody reacted to. And then you wait another day or two, and then you watch Archer pitch, and you know he had an okay debut at PNC Park, but he, it was very clear he was a two-pitch guy who had lost command of his fastball. That's a pretty dangerous place to be. Mark, it's not up to me and you and fans around here to have all the inside information about where Chris Archer was in his career or to have a really accurate trajectory of where Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and Shane Boz are heading. That's up to the executives. So how we react to it peripherally right off the bat, I honestly don't believe it's something that we need to be held to. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I totally agree. We're talking today on Kovacevic here on 105.90X. Uh, Johnny Majors passed away, the legendary pit coach. He won a national championship uh, and kicked off a brief era where pit football was the equivalent of Alabama. It was short but sweet, and uh, I don't know if this is getting to play in Shadejean because he's an extremely significant figure at Pitt. Yeah, there's no question about that. It's, it's amazing that in, in 29 of his coaching years, only eight of them were at Pitt. He ended up with a 500 record, but what ends up being his legacy is Pitt, is the national championship. And really within that, Mark, uh, it's the turnaround. He came in, we, we all... Uh, and, and, and rightly so, extolled the virtues of Chuck Knoll for coming in and taking over. Well, no, he had it. He coached a one-win team and then turned it around with the drafting of Joe Green. Uh, this is a similar story. Johnny Majors came in with a group of assistant coaches. They got Tony Dorsett out of Hopewell High School, and they went and took a 1-11 team into an undefeated national championship within four years. Um, that's That's a legacy that really nothing can override. You know what I mean? Whatever else happened the rest of his career and the second stint at Pitt, and really everything that's happened to the Pitt football program since then can't, can't diminish that. It just can't. This, this, is, uh, this is a man who built a, a righteous legacy on a championship team and also conducted himself with an awful lot of class. There's a lot of people in the Pitt community right now hurting today. Can pit football realistically ever get to that level again? Because I say no. Well, I mean, that level is an undefeated national champ with a Heisman Trophy winner on it. I mean, can anything happen? Sure. Okay, let me let let me let me rephrase it. Can pit football yeah. realistically ever get in the top five again? You know, I, I think we've seen a strange history of pit football over the last 10, 15 years in particular because they've had players who went on to be not just great players in the NFL, but in one case, arguably the best player in the NFL, certainly on his side of the football, and Aaron Donald. 
they can still get talent, but it's isolated. It's never, it, it's never, uh, you know, a great class that they put together. Um, I'm not sure what all the answer is uh, for Pitt. I'm not a believer well, in. Let the, me let me interrupt, Dejan. I think part of that problem you're describing is that Whippeal football isn't nearly what it was and doesn't produce the players it did. Not in terms of yeah. elite and no, not no, in no, terms no. of depth either. No, I mean I did mention Tony Dorsett was from you know Aliquip, or from Aliquippa, uh from from Hopewell. You know Dan Marino was local. Uh, Aaron Donald's local for that matter. So. Yeah, you're you're not you're not winning on the local level to get that depth of that class. You know, when you're still talking about Pennsylvania and you're st- still talking about uh, the regional recruiting market, uh, that magnet still happens to be. And sorry for making everybody mad, but Penn, it's Penn State. You know, they're still going to end up with the better talent that's in their uh, that's in their regional pool, and that's why they're going to end up with deeper teams, with stronger teams that are going to end up competing for national championships. Pitt's not there. I don't have that answer, Mark. I know everybody likes to snap their fingers and say, well, build a stadium in Oakland. That's not the, that's not the answer. You know, it's just not. First of all, you can't even do it. Uh, oh, no question. Yeah, I just – I and the Whippeal, like, like that Jerkovic kid at Pine Richland, I don't mean to denigrate him – but people compared him to Marino, and he couldn't even get on the field at Notre Dame, and now he's at Boston College. And that was the top guy for many years. It's just it's just not the same, not even nearly the same. Uh, speaking of something that uh, also isn't the same, no Steeler training camp at Latrobe. Now, I haven't gone to Latrobe for camp for years, but I'm still kind of bummed out. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's going to make a difference. I mean, uh, honestly, one of my first thoughts is, is is the damage is done to the businesses out there that rely on the Steelers being there uh, when they go there. But you know, I, I've I've been up there uh, an awful lot, uh, and I've seen the way the Steelers players interact. Troy Polamalu once told me about the the different meetings that they have all over campus and getting to know each other. It's a time of not just getting out on the field, but it's a time of camaraderie, uh, and it's a quiet place. Uh, one thing that one player told me about without hesitation is that it's a place where they can make sure that nobody's getting into trouble because there's nowhere to get into trouble you know what i mean if you're if you're down here and you're in pittsburgh you're on the south side they have all these new guys and everything the last thing you want to be worried about is policing anybody and this is going to be a different setting for them i don't think it's some overwhelming challenge uh they still out in latrobe for only two and a half to three weeks on any given season uh, they can pull it off, but it is going to be different, no question. Uh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers just responded to Drew Brees, not directly, but it can't be coincidence. He just posted on Instagram a, a photo of him interlocked with his teammates on the sideline, their arms. And he said, a few years ago we were criticized for locking arms in solidarity before the game. It has never been about an anthem or a flag, not then, not now. Uh, yeah, that's, that's – I mean, I, it's, I, this is – it's a big difference between 2017 and now. It's a big difference between a month ago and now, Mark. It just is. Oh, I, I know, changed. but my, my point is, I, I don't think the Saints are going to cut Drew Brees, but I don't think he's going to work at NBC, and I think he's done himself a lot of damage. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, you know, again, if you're inviting discussion, if you're inviting people to talk and to express themselves and to learn and to listen, uh, Drew Brees isn't a dummy. You know, Drew Brees is a guy who's been uh, actively uh, in, involved in all kinds of causes, 
has never had a shred of racism attached to him. And I think he can find a way to make this right. I don't believe that that's a hopeless situation. I really don't. I think it's going to be tough. Dejan, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. All right, Mark. That's that's Dejan Kovacevic brought to you by Walnut Grill American Eatery. Up next, time to ask Mark anything. Now, 412-333-WXDX. A tweet from a guy called The Vigilante makes a good point. Those calling your show to defend Drew Brees' comments are prioritizing disrespecting an inanimate object over the black lives that have been lost and will continue to be lost to police brutality. This is part of the problem. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, Vigilante, I could not possibly agree more. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Ask Mark anything. And guess what I'm doing right now? For the second time inside a week during the show, I'm having a beer. Hey, Pittsburgh, let's have a beer. Grab a Coors Light. Everybody have a beer. 105.90X. Time not to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything you like about whatever you like. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. It's brought to you by our good friends at the Pittsburgh Penguins. No games yet, but still plenty of hockey content on the website. So check it out today, pittsburghpenguins.com. Let's go to Nick. Nick, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. So my legit question, um, during a football game, before the game, people kneel, some people don't. Is the new norm now going to be the people that don't are going to be labeled as racist or they're going to be, you know, looked on kind of like what Drew Brees is right now. I'm just not sure where we're going now with this. I I know like last season, no one really looked at the people that didn't kneel and say, oh, well, they must not believe in this. But now is the new norm going to be, look who's not kneeling. They must be against, you know, the brutality or against uh, police, you know, being allowed to be brutal against African-Americans. What, what, What's say you uh, want yeah, uh, th- those are those are very good questions. I think more than ever, although boy, you can't do it. They never should have been playing the national anthem in the first place, brah. They just shouldn't. It, it's it's forced patriotism. It's led to more uncomfortable situations than this one. It's like when they do the flyovers and all the patriotic ceremonies in, at the NFL games that are all bought and paid for. They're all bought and paid for. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I think a lot depends on what happens between now and then with the trial of these police officers. Uh, but even if they do get convicted, and certainly they have to, I don't think anybody's going to feel like that ends the potential for uh, injustice being perpetrated by police on minorities in America. So uh, if it were me, I'd kneel. That's the right thing to, to do to kneel. I don't think you can go wrong, but you're right. I mean, Drew Brees ain't going to kneel. I doubt if Ben Roethlisberger kneels too, and I do wonder what the reaction will be. And then to go further, if everyone starts kneeling, does that start watering it down? Like, that's the new norm. That's like standing for the flag. I just, I'm afraid of what is going to actually occur. I'm not afraid. Uh, I am. I think more awareness is better. Yes. But at some point you're uh, going to get used to it, and then it's going to become the new norm. Well, you know, you make a good point. Anybody who doesn't want to kneel shouldn't kneel. But now you're going to feel compelled to kneel. You're, you're definitely right, right about that. And that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. And I'll be honest with you. Until you said it on your show, 
I completely forgot about Colin Kaepernick's reason for kneeling. I, I remember, you know, the kneeling situation where everyone got upset with him. But until you brought it up and said Colin Kaepernick was right, I actually forgot why he kneeled because I, I'm, I guess I'm that ignorant. I don't know. But um, it's one of those things where now it's, it's well known and people are thinking, well, yeah, he, he was right. Um, but people are still judging, just like that last caller said, they're still judging with the fact that they're prioritizing the inanimate object of staying up for a flag and saying the pledge with our country compared to showing what is going on with, in real with the world. All good points. I'm curious to see how it plays out within the context of the NFL. You, you might not think it's important, but that's where it all started, and that's where the story will be continued. Uh, let me ask you this. Would it surprise you if Goodell eliminated the national anthem or kept the teams in the locker room? No, now not at all, especially with Drew Brees. Like, he's somewhat of the face of the NFL. So now to prevent things like that happening, I would not doubt Goodell doing that. Well, I don't think he can. I think if he did that, the, a lot of players would come out anyway. I think the it's only way possible. to do it is to eliminate the national anthem. And then you have a no, different no, kind of excrement storm. No, I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. I think after Drew Brees did this to prevent that from happening, I do agree. I think Goodell may get rid of it. I didn't even think about it until you said it. So, yeah, I would not doubt that he would get rid of it just to prevent any problems with uh, the NFL getting into in the future. That would make a delightful column for me to write. Thank you for the inspiration. Let's go to George. George, ask Mark anything. Okay, we lost George. Let's go to Ken. Ken, ask Mark anything. Hey, big fan, big fan. Hey, a lot lighter topic. Sorry. Um, best Reuben sandwich. What's your favorite? Somebody asked me that the other day. Uh, the only place I ever used to get a Reuben was this place called Billy's at Troy Hill, but that's been closed for like 10 years, I bet. They had a really good Reuben and a good Rachel. You know what a Rachel is, don't you? Turkey, right? Yep, Exactly. So, uh, you, know, you know where they have a good Reuben? You're going to laugh at this, but it's a good Reuben. Arby's. <laughs> okay. Sounds impossible, right? Trust me, it's really good. Where would you recommend to get a Reuben? I know they got that place, Sammy's downtown, right? Yes. Um, best I've had ever was Cats in New York, but best local, I like House of a Thousand Beers, New Kent or, or uh, Warrendale. Oh, I've been to the one in Warrendale, but I never had the I never had the the Reuben. Uh, Katz is was unbelievable, wasn't? It? Is it still there? Um, I believe so, and uh, it was a couple of years Good. ago. But it's it's everything it's said about is true. Because they they closed down the Carnegie Deli, so but I think Katz's is still there. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good delis in Vegas too that probably would make a good Reuben. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Patrick. Patrick, ask Mark anything. Good day, sir. I said good day. Mark, I think one of the concerning aspects of this is, you know, and I, I kind of want to piggyback off one of the last callers, like how do we defeat the overgeneralization from both sides of the aisle? Because I, I think it can, if we don't, I think it's just going to cultivate more hate one side or the other, kind of like damned if you do. Damned what are you if referring you to as well. overgeneralization? Well, we, you know, and it's not just in this instance. If you look in life in general, 
sometimes we take one thing and extrapolate it over all cases, if you know what I'm saying. Um, no, I don't know what you're saying. Could you be specific? Um, yeah, like let's say, you know, something happens in, a, in the educational realm or a teacher does something, something offhand. Like now we, we expect all teachers to be horrible people, et cetera. Um, who's saying that we, who's saying that all people are horrible people? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's what we're saying. I, goodbye. Goodbye. I think, goodbye. You, you've wasted my time and put me to sleep. Goodbye. Let's go to Ricky. Ricky, ask Mark anything. Do better than that guy. Come back, Paul. Hey, big sexy. I uh, was curious what decade of your life flew. What what decade of your life flew by the fastest? Twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Ooh, that's a good question. Because I mean, for That's me, with question. this latest, with this latest cup run, I don't, I don't really remember uh, my twenties at all. I don't remember. That's a really good question. I got to be honest; I don't remember a whole lot about anything. That makes me probably horrible, but I don't remember a whole lot about anything. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Probably, you know what? Probably, you know what? Probably flew by faster was my twenties. My 20s, just like, you know, between college and, you know, really growing up, just flew by. And, and part of that's because I wasted my career at the Post-Gazette. <laughs> I wasted the start of my career at the Post-Gazette. No question about that. Yeah. I wasted from the time I was a teenager to the time I was, uh, I, was uh, I, I left at 36 years old. So, so let's say from 18 to 36, that flew by far too quickly because I'm a person who really, you know, wants to succeed and that was a waste of my career. Thanks, Big Sexy. Thank you for the call. Let's hit the music. Good talk. See you out there. Just remember all the good the purge does. 105.90X.